What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Taylor Rooks. And in this episode, I sat down with my friend and friend of the show, NBA All-Star DeMar DeRozan, to talk about why he thinks he is an MVP, being a mentor to younger players on the Bulls, why he maybe would have taken a pay cut to join the Lakers, and what it was like managing the loss of his father during his last season with the Raptors. Thanks for listening. Mar, what up? He was going on. Nothing. It's good to see you. Always, always. Now, always. you know, last time I saw you, your hair was much shorter. Yeah, yeah it was so, a lot shorter. Yeah. So things have changed. Yeah. Uh, Why did you decide to grow it out? Uh, I don't know. I just got lazy. Just yeah. Just stopped getting a haircut. Just let it grow and... Just really just let it grow, Yeah, honestly. It's funny because that's how all these things happen. Yeah, it's like yeah. either you couldn't find a good barber, mm-hmm. you wanted to get the braids, or you're yeah. like, I'm just done dealing with this, so I'm going to grow it out. Just let it, let yeah. it go. It looks so, good, though. Then I started liking it, so I kept it. So. Yeah. So you found a good braider in Chicago? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. Or sometimes I, I fly uh, who does my hair from home. Just oh. to come braid my hair. Must be nice. I know it sounds bougie, but yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, no! You got to do what you gotta no, do yeah, it got to do. Got to. To have the right person yeah, doing to. your got hair. Um, I'm really happy that I got to see you though, for a myriad of reasons. But one thing is, I have a bone to pick with you. So on my show that we did, what like two years ago, like, two and a half years yeah. ago, you revealed that you rap. And yeah. you told me you was going to give me the song when you decided I, to I put did. a song you're, out. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're the right. song is out. Yeah. What happened? I, it was that song was such a like. In a moment, like my man, problem, one of my close friends that, that rap, we was in Vail, Colorado, and it was like two o'clock in the morning. And he was just like, let's record a song and put it out tonight. And we literally recorded a song and put it out that night, like in real time. Like, yeah. And I didn't think nothing about it. That was my only chance to put a song out okay. was in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just put it out and it was cool. It was so cool. it was a small window. And if you didn't do it, it was, then, yeah. If I didn't do it, then I, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But still only happen. one song's out. Yeah. It's only one song. And it was crazy. We have a video to it, too. <laughs> like, Is that coming out? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about putting it up. What would sway you to yes, it's coming out? I don't know. I gotta be in a. Mo- I gotta find that same moment I had that night. Yeah. I gotta find it one of these days, and I put it up. We got one. You know, we had Lou Williams on the show last season, and he said the same thing about having music. He's like, mm. no, if I wake up in the in the mood, sure, yeah, but yeah. I'm very rarely in the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it comes, I'll decide to, yeah. you know, bless you all. Yep. With this music. What was the feedback on that song? It was great. I mean, it was a lot of surprises because yeah. people didn't expect me to ever put a song out or hear me on a song. And um, for the most part, it was it was dope. You know, some of my closest friends that do know that I rap called me and was like, didn't believe I even put out a song. But even though they hear all my songs, they were just shocked that I put a song out. So it was cool. Yeah. Any good feedback? I know when we spoke, you said like Kendrick Lamar's heard yeah. your music, Drake's heard your music. Did they hear the one you released? I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. I haven't yeah. heard no feedback for it. No, oh, no, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it was a good beat. I was I was jamming to it. You yeah, know? it was just a moment. It was a moment. It was a yes. moment. Yeah. But I say all that to say like time moves so quickly. So much has changed from when I last saw you to now. Uh, So if you look back to that moment, right, it was you were playing with the Spurs, Mm -hmm. Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. We were just talking about life and everything you had been through up to that point. If you think about that moment and if you titled kind of that season of your life, 
What would you call that? And what would you call this one you're in now? Um, man, um, growing, you know, um, that moment, moment then, you know, I was, I was in a tricky place mentally, emotionally, um, dealing with obviously being traded, um, going to a new situation, um, just like everything started to move fast, but slow down at the same time for me, um, for me just kind of the lock in um, and kind of get out of my comfort zone with basketball and with life and just try to figure out what, di what direction I wanted to grow in, you know, and that was kind of the perspective I started to take from there and stop looking at everything so negative and just take everything and strive and learn from it and grow from it from then on and look Look where I'm at now, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So that would be titled Growing. Yeah. This is titled? <sighs> this is titled, um, what'd they say? Um, it's like, that's a good one. I wish I would have had some, a great comeback for that. Well, uh, already? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think now it's just more so just, you know, growing and continuing to manifest the things that, you know, um, that you want in life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, we always try to strive for the success with, you know, things on a basketball court, personal life, professional life, but just manifesting everything, you know, positive, positive mindset, um, mental approach to everything. You know, it's tricky times we live in. You know, when we last talked, you know, we wasn't dealing with yeah. what we're dealing with now in the world, you know, and, you know, just consistently trying to figure out how to be that, you know, spark to, to the world that, that can help you know, with positivity more than anything. I think we all we all need it because it's 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 very tricky times right now. One hundred percent. Well I, I do have to say this about you. Anytime someone says anything about you ever, they talk about how nice and kind you yeah. are. I'm sure you know yeah, that, yeah, but you yeah, leave like sure. a very good footprint with yeah. everybody that you come in contact with. Yeah. So I'm sure all those things that you want to do in terms of being positive for people, you are already doing. Yeah. Um and doing it now in Chicago. Yeah. Which, thank you for bringing us here because this is one of my favorite yeah. cities. You got to get Harold's Chicken. Everything, yeah. Got to get Sunda. You got to get all the things. So happy that you're here in Chicago now. Are you enjoying the city? Man, I love it. Um, can't even find the words at times. You know, it's such a, a, a great situation off and on the court. You know, um, you're playing in Chicago. Mm -hmm. One of the best sports cities in the world. You know, um, the culture that the history behind it, everything that come with it. So to be a part of that, um, to be thriving at a high level, it's, it's, it's an honor. It's definitely an honor and, and it's fun. You know, yeah. um, you can see it when we go out there, play as a team. For me personally, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious. Yes, it's a huge, you know, sports city. Um, but the Bulls, they haven't been to the postseason since 2017, mm -hmm. haven't been to the Eastern Conference Finals in 10 years. When you hear that, what do you think? A lot of challenges. You know, that was my whole reason even coming here was to take on all those challenges of what they haven't done, what they couldn't do, um, dealing with all the doubt. You know, you, you always want to take on challenges and, and, and prove the naysayers wrong, you know, and, and as a competitor, you know, you want those things. And, you know, that was, that was part of my motivation to come here, every guy on the team motivation. So, you know, that's definitely what we're striving for. Mm -hmm. When you looked at the Bulls, what are the things that you saw as challenges? And what are the things that you saw, oh, like, this is good. Mm -hmm. I can work with this. Um, the challenges was, you know, um, the culture is kind of, you know, they haven't won, like you said, in, in a few years. They have, they've been a team that's, you know, been a lottery team, you know. Um, 
you know, uh, for me, I looked at the team and me being a fan of Zach Levine, his whole career, um, you know, um, looking at his career, understanding what it's like to be in a moment that he was in, not winning, wanting to win when they get to the postseason, being an all-star, you know, not not being appreciated like he should with his talent that he have. Me wanting to be a part of that and help that, um, help the organization, help the city. You know, I think the, seat, the, the league thrives at a high level when a Chicago team is at the top of the league, you know, and you, and you see it now. Um, and those are the challenges and things that I looked at um, before I even making my decision. So in the midst of me looking at it that way, you know, you added Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, you add all these key players, um, Vucevic, um, to the team that made it even more intriguing. Yeah. Well, remember when everyone said, hey, how are they? There's two ball-dominant guards. Yeah. How's it going to work? Yeah. Where are they going to get the defense yeah. from? I love it. I, I, I hear it all, I, and I, I love it. Like I said, you, you as a competitor, you hear it and, and you and you laugh at it when you know the preparation that you're putting in to prove, prove, prove everybody wrong. What have you proven this year so far? Um, in my mind, nothing yet, you know, nothing yet, you know, but I've proven to myself that I can be happy again playing basketball, you know, um, and just be free again playing, you know, um, I think more so than anything, prove, proving that first. And in the midst of me doing that, going through the process of this whole thing, you know, you building towards something that we just gonna have to wait and see what it what it pan out to be at the end of the, end of the year. When did you realize, okay, I am happy again playing um, basketball? Um, maybe this was my first time making a decision in my professional life, um, in my professional career, what team I wanna go to, you know, after I got traded, you know, um, really my first time dealing with free agency and picking where I wanted to go, you know, that was kind of a, a relief, you know, going into my 13 years saying, okay, this is my first time being able to make a choice, Yeah. you know, and I made that choice. And with that, it was kind of like a burden off my shoulders, me just knowing what I, what I have to do next. Mm -hmm. um, so from there, you know, I, I just was at peace with my decision and just wrote it out from there. Yeah. So you said you're, you've proven to yourself you can be happy again playing basketball. When you were unhappy playing basketball, what does that look like for you? Um, you don't enjoy the moments. You don't enjoy the ups and downs, you know. Um, you don't enjoy what comes your way. You don't enjoy, you know, everything that the game has to bring, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, you're not always going to have great days. So when the great days come, when the great days aren't there, you in, you indulge in the negative side of things easier, you yeah. know, and, and it kind of makes your days go by a lot slower, your week go by a lot slower. You know, you, you carry a lot of stuff with you um, on your shoulders when you go out there to perform, you know, and it just, it, it, it don't feel, you feel it yeah, you yeah. feel it, you know, you feel it. And I think um, that's what being free feels like now is just yeah. enjoying every moment, even, even the long nights, you know, you enjoy it because it, it comes with the job, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Being banged up, you, you enjoy it because it comes with the, the competition. So yeah. um, just, just that part of it for me is, 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 was the transition for me. It's so funny and interesting because with a lot of guys, they talk about how basketball goes from being this thing you're good at and that you love to really being a job. Yeah. And when you're first thinking about it, you're like, there's no way I'm going to think playing basketball in the NBA is like a job. But you very quickly. Yeah. Like, oh, no, this is this is work. Yeah. There's going to be some days that I 
I don't love this. Can you explain how you're still doing something you're very good at, but there is like this other part of it that weighs you down in some ways? Yeah, because, you know, you, you get engulfed in, you know, the celebrity of being a professional athlete at times too, to where, you know, for me personally, I love, I love being normal as much as I can. You know, I love just being normal. Like whatever that is, I love being normal. If it's me walking outside to go to Starbucks to get a tea and walk back like a normal person, you know what I mean? Like you, 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 you love those moments, but sometimes you realize you, you can't do it, you know? And, and that could kind of, you know, be a burden on you sometimes. Like, you know, I'm just like you, I'm trying to get some tea. Can I enjoy the tea? Like yeah. you enjoying tea? Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have those long nights where, you know, you got to take care of yourself physically, you know, after a long week of playing and you finally get a day off and, you know, you just can't go hang out with your friends or do certain things that your friends doing. You got to, you know, you got to kind of lock in. You got to understand what's next. You know, it's, it's a consistent thing that don't stop once you in a season, you know, you playing every other day or back to back, or you traveling or you, you on practice, or you film, you're taking care of yourself physically. Then you got to worry about yourself mentally. You know, there's so many, mm-hmm dynamics that comes to it, especially if you want to be good and successful at it. You know, yeah. it's just not about, all right, I make a lot of money. I can just go have fun. You know, when you a pro and a professional at this, it's a lot that comes with it, you know, and it, it, it's tough at times. So when it comes to being normal, what do you do for you? Like, what's um, the Damar thing that, that makes you feel normal? I mean, watch cartoons. Like, what cartoon? I mean, I'm, I'm always a Simpson fan. Okay. Um, Grew up watching Simpsons, you know, um, just kid things. You know, I find myself trying to tap into to my childhood at times, you know, and just, you know, try to relive those moments, whatever they may be. Sometimes I may get a coloring book and color a color, <laughs> like a, a character, you know, yeah. just to see if I still got it, you know, and, and try to find some peace in that, you know. Um, so it's just it's just it, it changes throughout the, the moments. But for me, it's just like, you just try to tap in and, and and just be a kid as much as you can. Do you stay in the lines? Yeah, you gotta stay in yeah. line. You know, you try to, you got to. <laughs> well, hey, luckily for you, you are surrounded by lots of young people mm-hmm. uh, on the Bulls. How does it feel to be the vet? Man, it's crazy because, <laughs> I don't think I never, I haven't talked about this yet, but it's crazy because like, whenever music, like we listen to music um, and practice and, even when we in a layup lines in a game, it'd be certain songs that come on. And I always ask the guys, like, you know who this is? They'd be like, I never heard this song in my life. And it could be like a Mary J. Blige song or something. You know what I mean? It'd yeah. be like, it could be a song from 2005 and they have no clue. Like, I was just born. Yeah, you're like, and it's like, man, I was born in 2001. And it's like, oh my God. Like, but yeah. at the same time, you know, it's enjoyable because you learn so much from them. And they teach you so much in, in, in the same token. And and once you like accept that, it's fun. You know, I think one of one of the guys one day in practice was like, man, you're the only person on the team born in the 80s. What does it feel like? And I'm like, I'm born in 89. I'm only 32. Like, you know what I mean? But it's 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 just crazy, yeah. you know, to, to have that back and forth. And it's yeah. is we 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 make we have fun with it. So it's, it's definitely cool just to just to have that because I learned so much from those guys as well. Yeah, about born in the 80s. I'm born in, I'm like, 89. I'm, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and what music they trying to put you on, like NBA Young Boy or something? Everything, you name it, it'd be some people, but 
but even that, I, I listened to it. Like, man, what's, what's who hot right now? I listened to it just so I could be on the same page as them as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so it, it'd be cool. <laughs> so when did you realize you were the vet? Was it when they were like 89? Yeah, I think it was like training camp. It was it was some somewhere around there. I think we was listening to like 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying album. And somebody was like, yeah, I was like one years old, two years old. And, and I was like, I remember buying that CD. That was you know what I mean? like, all anybody cared about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember I told I was like, yo, I remember going to the store buying that. Like, and you just was. And that was the moment. That was my first moment. Where I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a long it's going to be a long year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You got to get them on all that stuff. They probably haven't heard even like old Wayne. None of, it's so yeah, much. It's so much. Some... I, I asked him about Jay-Z. That was like, yeah, I heard about two, three jay-z songs i'm like i feel offended <laughs> you know what i mean like, I, I feel offended <laughs> yeah oh no my gosh no then you have some teaching to do no yeah no, I, yeah, no I, do. I do but that, that's in, in their credit they they listen you know and like whatever it is not even just music just anything in general even with movies like i do the same thing with movies have you seen this movie this movie and a lot of them like it was one guy i'm saying his name patrick williams on the team I asked him, I made a reference, one game we was playing, I made a reference from 300, the movie 300. Yeah. And he didn't get it. I was like, you know what 300 is? He said, no. I said, it's a movie. He said, what? He said, man, I'm gonna go home and watch it tonight. So he went home, watched it, called me after the movie, said, oh my God, the movie was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You got another movie for me? You know what I mean? So, oh, that's great. Yeah. What'd you say, like, this is Sparta? Yeah, yeah, like, I, I, it was crazy, it was yeah. crazy. But, he went to go watch it and he, you know, it, but. That's so, great. I love that. They're, they're coachable. Definitely coachable. Yeah, they're totally coachable. coachable. So tell me, what makes a good vet? Um, something like that. Mm -hmm. Just listen. You know, yeah. um, you know, you got, you let guys be guys, but you teach them if they make any mistakes, you know, show them why or why they should do something, you know, and, and, and along the way and kind of be relatable to them. You know what I mean? Every vet I always had was always relatable, always talked to me. They didn't make anything feel forced. You know, they was they cared about me first and foremost, mm -hmm. not just as a as a player, just as a person in general. You know, and I learned so much from all the vets that that I had my first couple of years in the league. And I kind of carried that over to just teaching these guys. You yeah. know what I mean? You really genuinely wanting the best for them on and off the court. And I think whatever comes with that makes a good vet. Yeah. Who's been your best vet? My best vet, yeah. um, Jared Jack, um, was he was he was my favorite vet, you know, to this day. Like, talk to Jay Jack, um, you know, he called me randomly just to talk mess. But he was he was he was one guy that was definitely instrumental in my career early on. Okay, I love this. Uh, on that team, obviously, you have Alex Caruso right now is unfortunately sidelined, Lonzo Ball sidelined. When you know, you know, two guys are going down, two key guys. Yeah. What does your mind go? What do you say to the team to make sure you guys are still locked in? Um, just keep the confidence high. Understand this, a, this opportunity that someone else may not had if these guys were healthy to be able to have, have a chance to, you know, fill in that role, you know, and that's what a team is made of. Guys understanding when, it, when, when, when one key guy go down, what can you do to benefit and help and fill that void to continue to, keep us successful and it's a, it's a chance to learn and to grow, yeah. you know, and, and approach that position with, with nothing but confidence. So mm -hmm. for me, that's all I do. And I tell guys, just, just be confident, you know what I mean? Don't overthink it. Don't feel pressured. You know, we all in this together. So yeah. that's one thing I definitely share.
I just really love this like evolution of your career that yeah. has happened and the path uh, that it has gone on. Because would you say it's accurate to say this has been like, I mean, based on the normal, like a late career surge? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So is this how you envisioned your MBA career going? Um, you know, For me, I always envision anything I do, I want to continue to get better at it. You know, whatever, whatever that looked like, I want to continue to get better at it. And whatever opportunity I could have in getting better at it, I'm going I'm to try to fill that is to my, to my highest potential. You yeah. know, and that's the challenge I take on every single year. Um, I never look at, you know, years as being a down year. You kind of look at years as a growing year. You know, you planting whatever seed. Sometimes it, it takes time for, for, for you to grow and fully understand what was planted. You know, and I think as long as you keep planting seeds and allow them to grow and be patient, you know, you're going to continue to stay consistent in whatever you're doing. If that's gardening, if it's farming, whatever it is, you know, as long as you continue to do it and you continue to see your process. Okay, that final year with San Antonio, what seed did you plant? Um, damn, I wish I knew some. I planted probably a cornfield. You know, I'm playing. I don't know because it just sounds like <laughs> a lot would grow and you could feed a lot of people with it. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, it was it was one of those seeds of, um, you know, I got to give credit to all the guys I played with in San Antonio, even a lot of young guys that, you know, they motivated me and, and pushed me um, in a sense of having so much respect for me and my game and allowing me to be them and, and helping them to the best of their abilities. Um, and it, it, it created like a bond of me understanding basketball from a full perspective and not just yourself. You know, I stopped caring about, you know, myself, um, sort of speak. You know, it was more so a team aspect when when I looked at all the guys I played with in San Antonio, you know, and, and it 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 opened it made me more open minded of yeah. of having a higher IQ approaching the game from a, a whole perspective and not feeling like, you know, I'm Superman. I need to go out there and do it all by yourself. So that definitely was a career lesson for me that I learned from every single player, even even playing for Pop. You know, that was one thing that he he helped me unlock mentally for my game. I would say that, you know, most players in the league, they just want respect from mm -hmm. their peers. Most definitely. When do you feel like you got that respect in that kind of that vindication within, you know, the league? Um, that's, that's crazy you say that because that's all I ever, that's all I ever wanted. That was, it wasn't about how much money you made, none of that. Like, I, I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to go party. I didn't want to hang out. I didn't want to go on vacation until I felt accepted by my peers. And I think um, probably my fourth year in the league, um, fourth, fifth year in the league, I think I made my first all-star game too. And you know, you just felt like you belonged and you was accepted by your peers. Your peers respected you when you stepped out there on the court. You know, and that's the highest, you know, compliment you could you could have in this lead is when your peers respect you, your game inside and out, and you as a you as a person. You know, that goes a long way to add a respect in this lead. So mm -hmm. I say my fourth, fifth year. So do you still continue to seek that validation or do you think you're comfortable with the things that you've accomplished? I'm, no, I'm not comfortable at all. I don't think I will ever be comfortable until, you know, I'm, I, I decide to walk away from it. You know, and I think that's the beauty of playing this game is to give everything for as long as you can to it. So by the time you walk away, you, you, 
you could walk away feeling at ease with walking away, you know, and that's one thing I, I, I want to, you know, knock, knock on wood, have the opportunity to be able to do is to walk away from the game with, at, at peace, you know, and that was one thing, you know, Cole always used to talk to me about, um, you know, um, that's when you know, when you know you could walk away at ease from the game mm-hmm. when you're at peace. Yeah. And what, what do you think that peace looks like? I don't know. You just keep striving. You know, you just give you just give everything you got into this game until you feel like you can't give no more. Then you look you look back at everything you did and you you may realize like, damn, I did a lot of things. Yeah. You know, and and, and evaluate it. And, and it's what you're comfortable with at that point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when guys talk about, you know, when they realize they had respect to their peers or they felt vindicated, they can remember like a specific guy saying something to them and they said oh when he Ooh. knew i was nice wow i knew i was nice that's a great is there someone like that for you yeah and it's crazy that's crazy that's one person who who my rookie year told me something that stuck with me i don't even know if he remembered this is michael red he told me i was going to be special in his league keep keep don't stop like I just remember those words so vividly. You're going to be special in the league. Don't stop. Keep working. This is my rookie year, Michael Red. I never got the chance to tell him thank you for that. He might, he may not even remember, but yeah. Michael Red told me those words and it stuck with me to this day. Really? Yeah. Why do you think in that moment, like that was so, it resonated so deeply for you? Uh, I don't know. I, at that time, you know, he was, he was a veteran, you know, he was an established player. He was a player like I've I've always been a fan of the game of basketball, seventies, eighties, nineties. So I always respect respected all the older guys. Mm-hmm. I honest, I respected what Michael Red did 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 in the league, um, and I don't know. It was just that moment where he put me to the side, and you know I felt how genuine he was about it. You know what I mean? Because even at that point, my rookie year, you know you 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 deal with so many emotions, questioning. Like damn, when I'm when I'm gonna be good, when I'm gonna be able to be myself, when I'm gonna be comfortable. Like I'm only 19 years old playing with grown men, so for him to put me to the side and and acknowledge something towards me that I was feeling iffy about was all I needed. Wow! Shout out Michael Red. Shout out Mike. Mike I Red. love that. Yeah. Okay. I never told nobody that either. I never. Look told at nobody. us. It's crazy. We we do yeah, this, yeah, you know. You got we get, it. You we got get it. the stories. <laughs> so all right, looking at your career, haven't been to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. How often do you think about that? All the time. All the time. You know, um, the older you get, the more years that pass, you watch finals after finals. And, you know, you come into your first game of the season, you strive to want to make the finals. You know, you want to be the last team playing. You know, that's your motivation. If you're a true competitor in this game, you want to go to the finals. You want to know what that feel like. You want to have a chance to compete for the trophy. You know, so it's it 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 always play on my mind, you know, and I always watch it. You know, you always find inspiration, motivation, and just want to get there and see what happens. You know, um, so it's 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 something I always think about. So, when you're thinking about the NBA Finals, you're not going. What's running through your mind? Is it ever a moment of like, okay, like I need to get there. The time is now. Like, um, what's the what's the emotion? I mean, just stay the course. You know, I think I I look at things. Day by day, you know, you, you you work towards something day by day. You can't look at it, you know, 
a week from now, a month from now, it's like, all right, what can I do today to be my best today and do the same tomorrow and tomorrow? And hopefully by, by the time you get to that, that final day, you, you look up and you're in the finals. You know, and that's that's how I approach it because you don't want to drive yourself too crazy. Like, yeah. I, I need to make the finals. I need to make the finals. And sometimes it don't necessarily go that way. So for me, it's just, you know, um, taking it day by day. And I really do think sometimes people underestimate just how difficult that road to the finals is. Yeah. Like winning a championship is no tiny feat. And, and winning games is like only some of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's so much other work so that much, really yeah. goes in, goes into that. What are your thoughts on ring culture? Do you think that we put too much emphasis on a player's like worth based on their championships or their rings? I think so. Um, you know, it always go back. Look, look. You know, you can look at all the great. There's so many great players that don't have have ring. Mm -hmm. And if you bring up that player versus another player who do have a ring, you will discredit that great player by saying he don't have a ring. But that don't. You can't take away from all the accomplishments he had in his career because some people don't even get half of what some of these great players have just because they don't have a ring. You, you want to, you know, say he's not like this player because he have a ring. So, mm -hmm. you know, at times I do feel like, you know, it's a, it's a lot thrown on it, you know, because you ask all those competitors, they will wish they had a ring. Yeah. You know, that's the ultimate thing for us all to have. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, everybody can't have a ring. But that don't mean you can't work your butt off and be the best teammate, best player you could be throughout your whole career. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things I loved about, you know, the finals last season. It's like I wanted to see someone get their first ring. For sure. Like I either wanted to see Chris Paul and Devin Booker get it, wanted to see Giannis get it. It was exciting because it was someone was going to finally yeah. accomplish yeah. this thing that. It's all we talk about. Yep. So it was it was really cool uh, to watch that. You certainly are a great player. I want to throw this out to you, which I'm sure you know. But, you know, against the Magic, you had a season high, 41 points. But you did it without taking a single three-pointer. Mm -hmm. Are you like the mid-range <sighs> king? I mean, uh, people, <laughs> people crown me that. They say it. I see it. It's an honor. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just stay true to myself. You know, I try to master... Whatever it is I do on that court to the best of my abilities and, and go out there, feel like, you know, I'm, I'm the best at whatever I do when I step out there on that court. You know, I, I, you would never hear me say I'm the mid-range king and all this because, you know, I learned so much from a lot of those. I, I talk to CP all the time about how he get, you know, to the mid-range and, you know, how he take advantage of so many things. You know, I watch, I watch all the great players. I watch Kawhi. I watch KD. I watch... I learned so much from all these players that helped me be the player that, you know, I am today. So it's hard for me to just say I'm the best, I'm the greatest at some, you know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like when I go out there, you know, I work my butt off to be great at what I do. Yes, but do you know you're very good yeah, at yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. People do call that mid mid range shot like a lost art. Yeah. Why do you think they refer to it that way? Um, because you don't see too many people doing it at the level Myself may do it, my CP may do it, Devin Booker may do it, KD may do it, Kawhi may do it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a select few guys who dominate the mid-range. And in the same token, you, you look around the league, you get so many other players that, you know, launch threes so much. You know, so, you know, it's just, it's just a narrative that's painted out there because, you know, it's still a necessity of the game. 
the mid-range shot is, is, is still a necessity and a need in the game. But, mm-hmm. you know, we emphasize three-point three point shooting so much. And it's hard not to when you have, you know, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, you have, you know, Trey Young, you have so many players that do that at a high level as well. But, you know, I think the guys that's keeping it mid-range is, is definitely balancing it back out. Yeah, but because it feels like there is this major push for teams to just be so heavy on yeah. the three, was there a moment for you, you thought, do I need to adapt to this? No, I just always, uh, one. that's another thing Kobe told me, he just always told me stay true to myself. You know, um, I remember he told me that back in 2015, just, just stay true to yourself, you know, stay the course. No matter what somebody may say, you keep working at your craft, you become unstoppable at something until they figure that out. Be, be true to yourself. And and those words stuck with me to this day, you know, so I never wanted to give in and to just coming down, you know, shooting threes, 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 when I know I could get to a certain spot that I know is unguardable. And to that, it stopped. I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah, it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, a lot of season left, but are you the MVP? Me the MVP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came in the season thinking I was the MVP. Okay. You know, and that's just my mentality, you know, not not in a selfish manner, but just knowing the work that I put in and not just for myself as well, for, you know, my team. You know, my team overcome so much so so quick, you know, and it sucks that we're dealing with so many injuries of late. But um, that's the team we had pushed me and allowed me to be, the player I knew I was, you know, and, and and that showed, you know, my whole mentality coming into the season felt like I was the best player, you know, dealing with so much doubt, so much criticism for for whatever reason, you know, uh, I I had that mentality coming in saying I'm going to be the best me and whatever comes with that, whether if it's MVP, king of the mid-range, what, whatever, I was going to take it. What is the MVP to you? Because, you know, it feels like people have different criteria. Yeah, to you, sure. what is it? Um, to me, the MVP is establishing a winning culture, for one, um, for not just your teammate, for your organization, um, being the ultimate leader, um, dealing with adversity like it's a sunny day in the middle of Chicago. Um, you know, just it's, it's so many responsibilities that come with that and the ones that carry it on, on their shoulders like it's a feather, that's the MVP. You know, night in and night out, doing your job, um, being banged up, being hurt, still taking on that challenge to push and make your team successful, being, you know, shorthanded, still coming to work, performing, doing whatever you need to do to carry your team. To me, that's the MVP. You know, and it's and we have so many of them in our league that do it. You know, someone I, I love watching every single night, Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul don't go out there and score 30, 40 points a night. But the way he carries his team is 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 the ultimate true MVP. You know, and he's been carrying himself like an MVP every single year, every team he go to, taking that winning culture, taking that leadership, taking that 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 next step and you know, pushing his teammates and making everybody around him better. To me, that's the MVP. Yeah. So what does MVP signify for you? Like if you win MVP this season, what does it prove to yourself as a player, prove to others as a player? Um, never, never doubt, never give up on yourself, never 
feed into the negativity, the doubt. Um, when you truly believe in yourself and you work towards something with everything in you and you believe in timing and patience, that's an MVP for me. You know, um, just being that inspiration of, of, you know, you could be counted out by the masses of people, but as long as you believe in yourself, that's all that matters. And you will forever be an MVP, whether someone gives you a trophy or not, you know? So to me, it's, it's something that, that you carry internally because, you know, without your, your confidence and, and everything you believe in, you let other people take it away because of word of mouth, then, you know, you're not going to be the MV, MVP. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm ready to run through a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Question, though, because a word that keeps being said a lot is doubt. Mm -hmm. um, very clear you felt like people really were doubting you before yeah. you made this move uh, here to Chicago. Why do you think people doubted you? I, I don't know. I wish, I wish, I wish with the doubt they explained the doubt because I didn't understand it, you yeah. know, and I think me and I always try to be a motivation and inspiration for people who always feel doubted in whatever field it is you know what I mean mm -hmm. people don't realize like the way I grew up I grew up in Compton California all you heard was doubt and negativity you know and I've seen so many people give in to it so easy and I always took offense to that like my whole life you know so it's, it was always like a trigger for me that's that's bigger than just basketball you know like I had to fight against doubt with so many things, so many things in life. And it was, it was always on me to be like, nah, damn that doubt. You say I can't do that, watch, I'm gonna do it just because of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I carry that same mentality to this day. And I always tell people like, when you hear a naysayer, anybody, any walk of life, don't one second feed into that because you lose as soon as you think that way. You know, and for me, when I hear that, I'm going to take on a challenge as best as I can every single way. Like, it, it, it pisses me off because it's, who are you to speak on me with anything? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like, so I just, you know, I hate it. Yeah. yeah. Can you give me an example? You said I've been fighting doubt for my whole life. Um, I mean, I remember dealing with people. I remember growing up, you hear people across the street saying, it could be a group of kids. When I was a kid, it was a group of us running around saying, none of y'all ain't going to be nothing anyway. Y'all need to take your ass in the house. You know what I mean? It's like, what you mean I'm not going to be nothing? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, just because of that, I'm, I'm going to show you I'm going to be something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's all the motivation you need growing up where I grew up at. You know what I mean? But you heard it so consistently. You know, I heard teachers tell students saying, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't even going to graduate. What? Like, you know what I mean? Wild. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So when you hear those things, you, you take it personally, you know, and sometimes that's the push you need. But when you consistently hear it over and over, it's like, nah, I'm going to take on this challenge. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how life works, though, because when you think about that, there's probably a really good case to be made that if you never heard any of that, your life could have turned For out. For sure. Differently. No question. You know? No, no question. No yeah. question. So it's, it works different for, for everybody. You know what I mean? For me, like, you know, I, I needed it. You know, that was, that was, that was my push. You know, it was like, you said I can't do something. Well, all right, I'm about to, I'm about to try and I'm gonna keep trying until I get good at it. You mm -hmm. know, and next thing you know, I'm good at it. Now what? Yeah. Then they find something else. Now what? You know, you just keep meaning it with it. And for me, that's, that was my positive 
approach to negativity. Yeah, and I mean, and that's probably the best way to do it because yeah. there's always going to be negativity around For you, sure. and it's more so just how are you going to channel this yeah, I, to better yourself yep. and, and better your career and what you're doing. Yep. So, I love that. Um, I have two reports I want to ask you about. You tell me if mm -hmm. they were true. Talk to me. You were going to take a pay cut to join the Lakers. I, I, I never understood what was a pay cut, though. Because anything really tight. Yeah, anything. Yeah, I could have took a dollar less. That's a pay cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but for the sake of the report, yeah. were you going to take a substantial pay cut to be able to play? Substantial? I wouldn't say substantial. But a... A, a hefty, cut. a cut. Yeah, yeah. Cut. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, it was an option. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a real realistic option. Okay, and obviously things worked out the way they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. And you're great, but explain to me why you say it was an option and it just. Um, one, I wanted to go home. Um, that was an opportunity for me to go home. You know, um, you don't get that opportunity often. You know, I got it before, but I decided to stay in Toronto. Um, it was an option, you know. Um, have have had the opportunity to play with one of the greatest players of all time. So why not? Uh, it's, it's hard to turn that down, you know, and, and to want to compete with, for a championship um, in your hometown. Like, all those elements just had lined up to allow me to consider a realistic pay cut. <laughs> okay, it's a realistic pay cut. Okay, fair, makes sense. Uh, another talk, I, or another report I remember seeing that you and Kyle are maybe talking about team up. I don't know yeah. how. This, is this true? We, that's true. We talked okay, about Okay, walk me through it. No, we, we, we had talked about um, teaming up. Um, what was our options? Um, how realistic could certain options be? Uh, what made sense for him, what made sense for me. Um, and then just ultimately aligned it the right way where it, it, it could have benefited both of us in a way, you know, we both need, well, wanted it too for us to play together, but mm -hmm. it definitely was a talk. Yeah. 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 Were you definitely. close? It just. I, I wouldn't say it was close, but it was talked about. Okay. It was talked about. How yeah. is Kyle? He's good. He's yeah. good. Yeah. Kyle's so funny. Y'all's friendship is so interesting to me because, and I mean this with, so much respect and love in my heart. Kyle really is an asshole. No, for sure. Like, so, uh, yeah. not, when you know him, no, he's yeah, so I've been, nice. I've been on record saying it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's great. Yeah. He has always been very kind to me, but he is an asshole to people who maybe, you know, don't letters, know yeah. him. So, did you always like Kyle? No. Okay. No, he and he know it, and everybody around me. Know, like, <laughs> our first year together, because <laughs> anybody know me, I'm, I'm such a, I'm a chill person, state of myself, but I do have a certain side to me that I just never want to bring out. And Cal was the asshole to where I knew if I was around him long enough, he would bring that other side out. Yeah. So I just stayed away from him because I didn't know him. I didn't know him personally to, mm -hmm. to under, understand him. Um, but as time went on and we just ended up in certain situations together in a game, off the court, you know, you start to learn them, understand them more. It was like, yo, this this my dog. Like, I run through 10 brick walls for him yeah. in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, it's, it's just crazy how it worked. You know, what they say, opposites attract. That's, you know, that's, you know, ultimately what happened. But 
he's definitely a ha- asshole, but in that same token, he's one of the best people to have as a friend. Totally. No mm-hmm. question. Like I, I, no matter what, I call him any time of the night. If I needed five million dollars, he okay. I send it in the morning. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Just totally. not saying I, I ask him for that, but I'm just saying that's just <laughs> what type of friend he is yeah. when he really care and love for somebody. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. he he'll give his last just to make sure you're straight. So yeah. you know, on top of him being an asshole, he's 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 one of the best friends you guys. Yes, he's a great human. Yeah. And it's interesting because you all, a lot of guys in league, you know, they're like, oh, this is my dude, it's my best friend. Y'all are really yeah. best friends yeah. for life forever. Yeah, that's my dog. Yeah, that's- and I don't think we see that all the time. Nah, because it's, and, and it's crazy because like, nobody really see us outside of, you know, basketball, but like, mm-hmm. Everything we do outside of basketball is the most normal stuff in the world. We will argue over the most craziest situation that ain't got nothing to do with sports. Like, you know, that's really real life, my friend. Like once, I'm pretty sure when we 50, 60 years old, we're going to be sitting on the porch telling stories and I'm going to be saying he lying about something and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like that's. That's us. That's going to be us. Yeah, no, I love a, a beautiful friendship. Yeah. So that's amazing. I hope you guys get to see each other in the off season. And yeah, 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 we do. Okay. But that, but like you said, that people don't get to see that side. They see when we play against each other. But whenever he come to LA, when that, we we spend a lot of time together. When when people don't 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 see. Yeah, no, I see that. I love that. Y'all are y'all are everybody's favorite yeah, yeah. NBA friendship totally um i definitely want to make sure that i give you my love and my condolences about your dad frank who unfortunately passed um i read how you call him big dog and i love that nickname tell me why you call him that um it really started from my cousin my other cousin that's here um just always called him big dog like he was always the big dog like my dad was the boss of all bosses like he Mm -hmm. Like when I got to the lead, he was always said like, I'm still the boss. I don't care how much money you you got. So it was always like, all right, my bad, big dog, you got it. You know, and he he just always carried himself in in being a protector of of the whole family, you know, and and that's where the term big dog come from of him just, you know, kind of just always being a forcer, you know, in the most positive and loving way as much as he could. And, you know, everybody loved my dad, so. Mm You know, that's that's kind of where it stemmed from. But I got to give that credit to my uh, my older cousin. He, he gave him that nickname and we all just stuck with it. That's great. What what parts of your dad do you see in you? <laughs> Relentless. I, I, I didn't see him go through everything, you know, and not not break, not fold, not give up, not complain. And that's one trait to this day. You know, um, even after he passed, that I re- I, I revealed, that I realized that I had that much in me from him, you know, and it was it was crazy because it was like, you know, even when he's passed, it was like, it's all right. Everything you taught me for these 31 years helped me through this, through this tragedy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I felt that learning everything I went through with my dad, watching him, everything he taught me. Just everything, you know, and and I realized more than anything after I lost him. Like in some ways, his life prepared you for yeah, his yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it's crazy you say that because that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I, I read you saying that you felt 
you hadn't dealt with it personally. Yet. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't really get that moment to grieve yet, but when it can't, when it comes, you were gonna let it hit you. Yeah. Have you been able to no, deal with it? No, I still haven't. And it's the, it's the most eerie thing for me because um, like, you know, I don't know when, it, when it's gonna come, how it's gonna come, you know, um, it's just, I got it, I got them tatted on my arm because I feel like I carry them everywhere I go. You know, and it's 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 one of those things to where it's like I'm just waiting for him to pop out my arm and tell me something. You know what I mean? For me just to like let it all out, you know, but it's something that maybe it's just the strength that I've I've gotten from him allowing me to just keep pushing. But at some point I know it 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 it'll get to me whenever it needs to get to me and in, in in the right time. Yeah. My mom, uh when she was younger, her brother passed. And then both of her parents passed uh, within a year and a half of each other. And one thing that she has taught me a lot about grief is she's like, grief really isn't a thing that goes away. She's like, when people haven't dealt with big losses, they feel like, you know, through time, it feels better, you know? She's like, it's more that like through time, it feels more real. And you become accustomed to living in that that realness of it. Have you learned that about grief? For, for sure, I learned, and and it's it's it sucks because just like what you say, I, I've I've learned it so so early on, you know that, you know, not necessarily it made me numb to it. It just made me understand the value of life when you when you say you love somebody, you know. Um, I've I've lost countless uncles at a young age to gun violence. I lost. At 16, lost my grandmother. Six days later, I lost my grandfather. You know, so from that same token, what you just said, you 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 learn how to deal with it in, in the moment because it never it never goes away. You know, you have your good, your your bad days, but you learn you learn to deal with it. And you learn at the same token to appreciate your loved ones even more. You know, um, and that's two things that I, I kind of learned throughout my whole life. That's that's why I always give so much respect to people when I come across people. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm always be, give you the utmost respect because I want you to feel my energy. You know what I mean? Because 100%. nothing's never promised. You know what yeah. I mean? I lost, I lost so much before I could even under, understand what death was. You know what I mean? So that's something I always carry when I'm, when I'm always meeting people, I, I'm always around people. It's, you know, you try to give off that lasting impression because I will hope me being the way I am will help you be like that to somebody else. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's just always been my mentality. That's good. And honestly, that was what I thought about when I saw the news because you remember we did like last summer. Yeah, like last summer. Um, we talked about kind of during George Floyd, we did yeah. that interview. Yeah. And one thing you discussed was feeling very desensitized to death yeah. in a lot of ways how it has like, you were always going to funerals when you were younger mm-hmm. and it just kind of started to be something that felt like very much so a part of your mm-hmm. life. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that you are, you know, coping really well yeah. with it day to day and and pushing through. And I know you said you really were looking for kind of this peace with it. Mm-hmm. When do you feel like you'll find that peace? Have you come close? Um, I'm not sure. I really wish I had an answer to give, not just for myself, just for anybody who's dealing with any type of tragedy. Um, and I just, for me, I just realize like <laughs> life is one of those things you realize you just would never have a full answer to, you know, you just got to deal with it in real time with, with real emotions, you know, and I don't 
run from them. You know, for for a lot of my years when I was young, I ran from a lot of a lot of my tragedies because I I felt like, well, I'm just run from it because I don't want to be next. You know, and that's you know, especially for me losing so many friends so so early, it was like, you know, I, I didn't want to deal with it because I just didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. Cause it, I always felt like it never was going to stop, but mm-hmm. you know, um, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, you you got to deal with it. Like, we human at the end of the day. Yeah, we got emotions. You got to feel them. You know, that's what that's what makes you you is when you, you know, you indulge in an emotion because it's nothing really than the emotion. You know, you can't see it, but you feel it more than anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether if it's happy, sad, you got to feel it. You 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 got to feel it. And for me. When I do feel those things, I, 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 I indulge in it because that's the only thing that makes me feel, feel human. Yeah, it's like you have to feel it and you have to be able to talk about it too. Yeah. Even just when I think about the, like the expectations that society and culture puts on people, but men specifically, yeah, yeah. like feeling like they cannot say if they're sad or hurt or need help. Yeah. And that's one of the things everybody says, they give you a big credit for just really talking about yeah. how you felt. And I know we discussed this last time, but Kevin Love saying, you are the entire reason he felt like mm-hmm. he could do that too. Yeah. Do you see like what you kind of are to people? Yeah. Because you're so open. Yeah, but I look towards people, whether they know it, I look towards other people stories more than anything because that's what keeps me going you know what i mean like people may look at me like oh you did but a lot of times even players i don't know even in sports i don't know not even in sports in the entertainment world anyone who has a story for me i indulge in because i gain so much empathy and and inspiration from that because we carry so much that people don't see you know what i mean like you, you I always look at people on TV and be like, I, I wonder how they do this, whether if it's a comedian or something. How you do this? Because you have a life outside of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your story? So when I could find stories, like Jim Carrey, for one, is one person always, if he do an interview, if he speak on so much stuff, I, I indulge in him because his, the way he speak on like humanity and being a human and empathy depression, so much stuff. He, he paints a picture with it. You know what I mean? It's the most incredible thing. And I find so much inspiration in it because he realized something through everything he'd been through and he speaks on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's amazing when anybody, any walk of life does that. And I find inspiration and motivation to keep going with that because we all got a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all got a story. So it's just crazy. But when if anybody look at me that way, I hope I help in any type of way. Whenever, whenever I speak out, I'm still trying to learn to get my words out the best I can to express my emotions and my feelings whenever I'm going through something um, the best way I can to help people out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I lean on everything and everybody as much as I can, whether people know it or not. No, that's great. And you really are a testament to like people don't really know the full scope of anybody. Because I actually didn't know until I was prepping for this mm-hmm. that that season you were flying to yeah. see your dad. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I never, I never talked about it for three years, even in Toronto. My dad got sick Christmas 2018. 
my last year in Toronto, my dad got sick, went in the hospital. I flew home a couple of days before Christmas, sat with my dad, and he was in he was in the hospital for the next in and out the hospital the next three years after that. So from three years, I was I didn't flew from Boston to LA, LA to Toronto, by myself played in the game. Did the same thing in San Antonio. But nobody never knew. It was times I flew in a day of the game and played from seeing my dad. Say, so leave LA, fly in game day and play that night. Play that night. I did it so many times. Countless times. I never talked about it. Never talked about it. I mean, how difficult was that when you were making these trips and then having to go Man, it to was work? it was it was it was the most it was probably the hardest thing in my life to do because you know, you 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 had so much idle time of sitting on a plane by yourself, dealing with the emotional like like trauma of seeing your dad, seeing the person that only person in life I ever feared, feared mm-hmm. you know, down and out to have having to go play in front of twenty thousand people. You know, it was like the emotional roller coaster that I dealt with for, you know, three years was was one of the toughest things ever because one, I, I never wanted to be a distraction to to my teammates, to to the game or nothing. So, you know, I dealt with everything I dealt with personally and I didn't want to be loud about it. I didn't want nobody necessarily feel sorry for me and everything. But I also wanted to be there for my teammates um in my family. You know what I mean? So to carry those emotions consistently, you know, behind the scenes and nobody knew, you know, it was it was it was tough. Like it was tough. Like even even when I lost my dad, I was in a hotel in Charlotte, like just finished playing the game, fly home, you know, home a couple of days. And I flew back with the team playing the game, fly back home, go to his funeral, leave his funeral and go play. The, you know, it was like all those emotions to where, and it what really made it hard. You know, like I said, I'm sitting on a plane by myself for hours, like, you know, with this on your mind, trying to figure out how, all right, how you going, balance yourself out to be able to play tonight, you know, yeah. but, but I needed to play. Like I said, my teammates, guys I played with knew what I was going through and they was always there for me and they made it easy, easy for me. And that's why I always felt like I, I had to be there for, for them as well yeah. to compete. Um, so yeah, that was for three years. Yeah. Because I mean, on a plane, like literally all you can do is think. Yeah. Like you're just in your head. Yeah. The whole time. The entire time. And I would assume when you were playing basketball, you were also thinking about everything too. For me, basketball was my escape. It's always been my escape mm-hmm. from everything. Like my whole entire life, that was always my thing. Like I needed to go play basketball, but it was it was hard because you know those two hours, those two and a half hours, you in between those lines, you feel free. As soon as you walk outside those lines, it's like all right, I'm out the matrix now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> like how I'm about to deal with what's next, you know, and it's back to it. And this, for prime example, and I'm telling about this, like, it's why Cal wanted my, will forever be my man. It was, it was, it was so many games we played in to where his locker was next to mine, where we, when we come out the game and sit next to each other in the locker room, he used to say, it was like, man, back to reality now, dude, what can, you know, I'm here with you. You know what I mean? Because he knew mm-hmm. the severity and understood what I was going through more than anybody. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what I was doing. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, but I do want to give you an opportunity. Tell us, what should we know about 
your dad? What did you um, love the most about your dad? <laughs> what I loved, everything I loved about him was everything as a kid you hated about it. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Like he pushed you so hard to where it was like, man, I don't want to play basketball no more. I don't want to do this. I just want to go home. I want to watch cartoons. But it, he instilled so much in me that made me the person and the man that I am today. My discipline, um, my awareness to to just life in general, um, how to read and, and be kind to people, how to, you know, be the survival, be, be, like how to survive in, in the toughest environment, like everything. And and besides all that, just being a loving dad, you know what I mean? He, he, he loved, he, he gave me tough love, but he loved, he loved the hell out of me every bit. So yeah. he was just one of those dudes that everybody loved, like mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. How old are your kids now? My kids, my oldest, about to be nine. Wow. Nine, so I, it's, it's, <laughs> that's why. See, that's when it started making me feel old when you start asking. That's what really makes me feel Yeah, start. I got a nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah, like, like, ah. It's driving me crazy when I sit over and think, think about it. But, yeah. And the youngest is held. My youngest daughter is, damn. Y'all about to make me, yeah, y'all put me on the spot. Y'all might not need to put this on here. <laughs> damn, how old is my youngest <laughs> daughter? She's just running around. <laughs> she almost won. Okay. Yeah. Okay, almost won. I love it. Well, you know what I think of now when I think of like a kid? I think of uh, Steven Adams picking up. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my teammate? Yes. Yeah, I told him. Yeah, I told, yeah, I told him. I said, Tony, you too big to let a grown man pick you up. Your feet dangling off the ground. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Like, literally, Stephen Adams picked him up like your one-year-old and yeah. said, all right, get off of my yeah. of my teammate. There's no way Tony got back to his. He had to look at his phone and say, I ain't even going to look at this tonight. Because yeah. yeah. they killing me online. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they was. I, I was killing him in the locker room. Trust me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, it is always so amazing uh, to see you, but I do have one more question for you. We're having some fans in the app ask questions, which I'm happy about because you know Io went to University yeah, of Illinois, yeah. my alma mater, ILL, you know, big fan of Io. I saw it before the bull side, you yeah, know? Yeah, you did, yeah. What's it like being a mentor to him? Man, I love it, man. Um, he, he a hell of a kid, man. And I don't even like calling kids kids because at the end of the day you 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 a man, aren't you? Yeah. But he 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 he's special. Mm -hmm. He's special. Not just basketball wise. That that's that's been showing for itself what he do on the court. But mm -hmm. off the court, man, he he a hell of a dude, man. He he he's special. He one he one of a kind. He the most he one of the most inquisitive young kids I've been around. Like mm -hmm. if, if I tell him something, he will ask ten questions about that one subject. Really? So, but what? But, but, you know, and that that, and he sincerely want to know and learn. You know what I mean? Like he'd sit up here and ask me about certain players from ten years ago. How was it? So, and stuff like that just let me know how special it is. So it's dope. Yeah. It's dope to be able to be any type of mentor towards him in any type of way. And did you enjoy your time at University? I had of a Illinois? great time. Yeah, I had a great time. It's a great campus, no, right? It was a great campus. That's yes. I, and I was. I was, I was, it was, it was far, but yeah, yeah it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was worth it. But just being there, supporting him, just getting the college atmosphere, just, you know, seeing what that was like, it was, it was, it was dope. It yeah. Was Cause you were there. It was for his Jersey retirement. Yeah. Correct? For his retirement. Which yeah. totally like speaks to you going to Champaign yeah. to be yeah. there for your teammate. Such a good bet. No, yeah. I had to go. I had text him. 
I had actually texted him mad that he didn't tell me. Oh. I'm like, damn, you can't tell me about your Jersey retirement? He said, man, my bad, big bro. I said, I'll be there. And he was like, what, for real? So yeah, I'll be there. And I ended up going. Oh my gosh, yeah, like my Illinois group chats, they're sending photos to you. Yeah. I'm like, wow, Damar yeah, is at State yeah. Farm Center. I love that. What a guy. Yeah, I have to. Did I have it, to. The, the Lakers missed out, didn't man, they? I, I, did they? Did they? I hey, I, looks like <laughs> it. No, you are phenomenal. I am so appreciative of you. You come on the show whenever I say, hey, you want to come on? So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for like getting us a trip to Chicago because I love coming back. I'm I'm, I'm sorry it's seven degrees outside. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Yeah, you got to bundle up. Bundle up, for sure. (laughs) Thanks so much, Dylan. Thank you.